You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by Stephen Wu, an economist in the Australian Economics team. Stephen, nice to have you on. Great to be here. Now, one of the biggest puzzles that we've been looking and thinking about the last few months has been how is a consumer going to deal with higher interest rates as well as higher inflation. And one of the things that's been pretty clear when we've been looking at the data is just the weakness in consumer sentiment figures and then trying to work out how quickly or how much that's going to translate into weaker consumption growth. Now, Steve, you've had a look at this in detail and we're going to go through the note. But before we get into it, it's probably just worth highlighting Uh, that we did get the August readings on consumer sentiment on the 9th of August and that showed a further fall in consumer sentiment uh, down by 3% to just 81.2 points and it's pretty clear it's in deeply pessimistic territory. But Steve, one of the things that you've been looking at is trying to look at how well correlated weak sentiment is for consumption growth and one of the reasons why consumer sentiment uh, is so weak. Do you just want to start off with just an overview about why we're starting to look into this? Yes, that's right. So what we've noticed recently, and as you mentioned as well, Belinda, that we have seen a really sharp fall in consumer sentiment. So from its peak levels in April last year, it's fallen more than 30%. That's a really large fall and it's consistent, uh, it's at levels consistent mm. with a major economic disruption. But what we haven't really seen is sort of the same corresponding uh, fall in consumption growth. So actually over Q1, that was fairly solid in terms of consumption growth and sort of the June quarter so far has also been uh, relatively robust. So there's this sort of tension as to why we are seeing really sharply falling and low levels of, cons- of consumer sentiment consumption actually holding up. So the note that I wrote sort of dives into a little bit of explaining sort of what we actually um, sort of see from the consumer sentiment index and whether that tells us anything about consumption growth in the period ahead. So so one of the things that we've noted when we look at the consumer sentiment readings and, and we use the Westpac Melbourne Institute measure of consumer sentiment is, as you say, it's in deeply pessimistic territory. It's really only been uh, this week in the 1990s recession uh, during the global financial crisis and the national lockdown back in 2020. But it's, I guess, what we're trying to work out is how significant the relationship is between sentiment and spending. So you've run some regression models, uh, which us economists love, and what have they shown us? Yeah, so what we've seen uh, and what the models show us is that there is a really uh, strong positive relationship between consumer sentiment and consumption growth. So what that means is that, you know, when you see periods of high uh, or rising consumer sentiment, that's associated with stronger consumption growth. And that's been true for over the history of of those series. What we also find evidence of as well is that there is uh, some signs that consumer sentiment actually leads consumption Mm -hmm. growth. So that means that, you know, uh, let's say for this quarter, you see a decline in consumer sentiment 
that is going to be associated with a decline in consumer spending the next quarter. So what that means is while we are seeing really uh, weak consumer sentiment now, that should translate over to over the period ahead, so over the second half of this year, um, a fall in sort of consumption growth. Now, that intuitively intuitively makes sense. You know, the survey asks how consumers are feeling not only about the current economic conditions or their current finances, but also about how they're going to feel about those things in the future, whether or not they're looking at buying a major household item, how they expect their family finances to cope uh, and the broader economy. And when we're at, I guess, major turning points in the economic cycle, when we have rising interest rates, rising inflation, those answers you know, should tell us about how consumers are going to react. But what you've noticed, as we just said earlier, is that there is this puzzling gap between sentiment and consumption. Now, what you've also looked at, though, is when you think about other economic variables, does that explain the weakness in consumer sentiment or whether or not there's something else going on? What did that analysis show? So, a common question is, well, does the consumer sentiment survey actually tell us anything over and above mm. what other economic variables do tell us? So the first step to that to answer that question is thinking about, well, what is captured uh, in the consumer sentiment numbers? And so I've run some models and effectively looked at what sort of variables can actually explain the variation that we've seen in consumer sentiment um, over the history of the series. And what I find is, some of the key drivers are things like home prices, mm. uh, equity prices, inflation, wages growth. Um, those sort of are, are key drivers to variations in consumer sentiment. And so um, the model suggests that, for instance, you know, a rise in home prices or in equity prices is positively associated with a lift in consumer sentiment. Now, that makes sense. It also says as well that rising inflation and also rising uncertainty uh, is negatively related to sentiment, and that also does seem intuitive. So mm. given what we've seen recently in terms of the economic landscape, the fall in consumer sentiment is you know, perhaps a little bit less surprising. So firstly and foremost, you know, inflation has been, ri- has been rising and is at very high levels, and that's clearly affecting consumers. You know, the RV is responding by lifting the cash rate, and so that's lifting household mortgage repayments. You know, home prices have begun to fall now and the pace of decline is just accelerating. Share prices took a tumble last year and, and sort of early this year as well. So, you know, household wealth is also falling. So that also sort of makes sense in terms of why we are seeing really um, weak and falling levels of consumer sentiment. Now, uh, the, the next part of that question is, well, does the sentiment index tell us anything over and above what we're seeing in these other data points? And so... The way you can sort of answer that question is by, by stripping out the explained variation in consumer sentiment, so stripping out the impact of, of home prices and stripping out the impact of equities and inflation, mm-hmm. then you're left with a sort of unexplained portion of consumer sentiment. And we want to see, does this particular unexplained portion explain um, any sort of changes in spending? And modeling that I do shows that, well, yes, actually, when consumer sentiment is weaker than what you might expect, given these other economic variables, that is related to weaker spending. And so in a nutshell, what we're trying to say here is that, you know, the fall in consumer sentiment, yes, part of that can be explained by economic variables. Some of it can't be. And that portion that can't be explained actually suggests a downside risk to spending over the period ahead. 
And we have started to pick that up in some of our high-frequency card spend data. So it does look like some momentum has cooled in terms of spending growth. That's been at very elevated levels, as you said earlier, kind of in the first half of 2022. But now with that economic landscape changing, uh, we do expect some further moderation to come through. And we have seen already that moderation come through for more discretionary items. So things like uh, general retail, eating and drinking out, uh, recreation, those sorts of items. We've certainly seen some moderation in spending growth. I guess one one other question is, are there any particular parts of the consumer sentiment survey that are more instructive than than other parts? Because there are so many parts to that survey, it's, it's often hard to work out what ones we should be looking at. But are there any ones in particular that are most instructive for the outlook for the consumer? Yes. So there's, I should give a bit of context. So there are sort of five components mm. of the headline consumer sentiment index. There are also two additional indexes. Um, that are constructed using the same five responses that, that sort of uh, respondents are asked about, but they are not included in the, in the headline sentiment index. But all that is to say, um, the headline index, while it is um, correlated quite well with consumption growth, some of the sub indexes are actually better. So, in particular, the family finances versus the year ago index mm. and the current condition index, they both seem to be better correlated uh, to consumption and actually better at sort of picking um, when you are going to see that change in consumer growth. So um, those are probably the ones to to watch out for over the period ahead uh, because they'll be more instructive in terms of how and to what extent consumption growth might come off. And it's obviously going to be very important for us to be watching these high-frequency spending data over coming months given the interest rate lifts that we have already seen uh, come through from the Reserve Bank. Uh, And we do think there's obviously a real risk that spending growth uh, will slow from here and those paces of moderation will pick up. Uh, And as a result, we do have the RBA uh, cash rate peaking at 2.6% in November. Steve, it's been great to have you on and and run through some really interesting research because it's been one of the biggest puzzles that we've been looking at the last few months. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Belinda. Now, you can read Stephen Wu's piece on what is down with consumer sentiment, and that was published on the 9th of August 2022 on combankresearch.com.au. And where we have referred to CBA data, it means the proprietary data of the bank. And as the statistics take into account only the bank's data, it may not reflect all trends in the market. All customer data used or represented is anonymised and aggregated before analysis and is used and disclosed in accordance with the bank's privacy policy. Mm-hmm.